Hi, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you? I'm I'm just delightful, man. How are you? What you What you eating there today? So today, in particular, we are recording in the morning, and uh, the best I did time not. To record. I did not have breakfast, uh, and and I I'm, we were discussing earlier. I'm relatively new still to this church, about a year and a half in. One thing I'm discovering is our snack availability is it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And so today for breakfast, the breakfast of champions, I'm eating popcorn. 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 Nice, nice. Yeah. That uh, if you have uh, corn pops, that is an actual cereal. So. It's just semantics at this point. Well, I uh, I had a question for today that was basically, uh, I mean, it's incredibly seasonal. We are right literally in the midst as we record this of my favorite time of year. And by time of year, I mean time of four years in that it's Winter Olympics time. Yeah. And so my question to you, Jay, is are you excited? I am selectively excited uh, on on certain events. Um, I I love hockey, obviously. The record's very clear on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think this is a hot take. I think just about every hockey fan I know would agree with this. Women's hockey is vastly more entertaining than men's hockey. Oh, yes. Unbelievably. And this year, Team USA is actually... Wait, is that a full, like, during the Olympics or full stop? I think full stop. A, if I, oh, so better than the NHL. If I got the choice between uh, this an is, NHL this game. This now, has now become the hottest of takes. I love this take. I, I'm not, not disputing it, but I wouldn't have expected. Being the NHL fan that you are. In terms bold, of just the pure entertainment of a game, the, the on-ice yeah. product, I yeah. have always enjoyed women's hockey more than men's hockey. Oh, nice. Nice. There, I love there's, it. I, don't, I can't even quite put my finger on what's different between them, but something is, and it's way better. And Team yeah. USA is actually icing a pretty solid team this year. Uh, nice, nice, nice. A couple games I saw. Yeah, I would they were good. exponentially, and this is not a hot take, but exponentially women's soccer is yeah. light years ahead of men's soccer. And not Particularly just in this country. men's soccer, yeah. but I think, I think just in general. Like, I think women's soccer is better than men's soccer. Um, I, I really, really love it. And not just because the U.S. is great, but I just really enjoy watching women's soccer a whole lot more than men's soccer. Yeah, if there was a WNHL... I'd be all in, 100. percent You know, nice. like the WNBA, but I don't understand basketball. The other day, my sons, we were flipping channels, and the, a basketball game came on, and they started asking me questions about rules and stuff. I was like, I got, I got nothing for you, kids. I, I don't know. Why did that you happen? Just make I stuff up at that point. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I did. Well, they, yeah. It's funny that that basketball rules are confusing to you, but hockey rules make sense. Hockey just, rules are insane. It's just what you grew up with, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I just did not watch hockey, basketball. The thing, yeah, and I've said this before, but the thing about hockey that doesn't get me is that the very sensible things that should be rules, like don't hit somebody in the face, uh, <laughs> they're fine with that one. But then the things that don't make any sense, don't uh, you can't pass the puck to somebody in front of you or something like that. Whatever icing is, you can't hit it past this line. Uh, and then you can't raise your stick above your waist or whatever like that like and I understand like that's for safety but then it's okay to just drop your pucks and just start or drop your gloves and just start punching somebody in the face they're like well oh, two minutes for that go take a time out like that you yeah, go sit the, and think about what you did yeah yeah and then there's a bunch of markings on the ice that don't that they don't even pay attention to anymore like like the, the crease matters no, not it's, it's but they still paint it 
purely like, ornamental at this yeah, point. Yeah, that, but and that's a lovely rule that you can't go in the crease. That makes so much sense. The crease being this like magic box around the goal that right. you, you you used to not be able to skate into it. Yeah, only the goalie could go in there. Yeah. You could go in now, after the puck back in the day. That's where yeah. it started and to cave a little just, bit. And now you can just you can you can push you can skate right into the crease. It means nothing, but they still put it there. Can't you can camp out there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Traditional. Uh, so any other, but but so women's hockey is it? That's that's all you care about for. for I mean, Olympics? that is what I will seek out. Uh, the the other stuff that I will watch, I love luge, and was even like pondering the other day, like the classic dad question, like, how do you start this? Like, how do you get yeah. into luge? I think you're the kid who can't afford a regular sled, or you have a sled and you're just on a goof. You're like, what if I just went down on my body? And like, right. And then you go really fast. Yeah, but yeah. And even that, like. There's really no training for that, is there? Just get in and and okay, figure it out. You'll see on the way yeah. down, you know. Like I love, I love that there was one guy who was definitely goofing on the luge one time. He's like, "Hey guys, watch this. I can go down face first." Skeleton. And, he, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Well, let's call that something else." It is literally the exact same thing, just face first. Yep. And I think they call it skeleton because that's all that's left of you. <laughs> that's yeah, right. How they identify the body when you end up. Oh, yeah. uh, the funniest course, thing about luge is that there's two-person luge. Yeah. Which is just like, hey, let's put you in this really awkward skin-tight outfit, and then let's lay another full-grown human on top of you. It'll be fine. You don't need to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. I think that they should do uh, two-person luge face-to-face, just because it's already ridiculous enough. <laughs> they should just, that should be the rule. If yeah. you have the guts to do that, then you could be an Olympian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You deserve a medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, curling. you got to watch curling. Curling is my favorite thing of all time. So this is basically when I, my reason for, I love the Olympics full stop. Like I love Summer Olympics, I love Winter Olympics, because much like the World Cup, I can be a sports fan for any sport once every four years. Yeah. Like that's, if that's the standard to which I should care about it, I can muster up enough energy to care about it for two weeks once every four years, or at least a week. Like usually about halfway through, I'm like, okay, that's probably enough. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the, uh, Winter Olympics has become my thing probably uh, maybe four or five Olympics ago. Whenever John Schuster came into play with the U.S. men's curling team, and I think he's been on it since 2016. Um, And uh, that's when curling really kind of, the U.S. curling team really, really got known. And he was terrible for a while. Like, I think they won bronze, and then uh, they were last in one Olympics and then second to last in another Olympics. And then the last Olympics, they won gold and it was amazing. And I was with them when they were losing. Just curling is such a ridiculous yet completely logical sport. It's, it's like, like, it is. It's like once some, you learn Canadian, the rules, some Canadian was yeah. like, Hey, let's make bocce more dangerous. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's yeah. make bocce, but like be on the course. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess you are on the course with bocce kind of, but it really is. It's a mix between darts and bocce and then there's a canadian game called crokinole which is just so like it's this you flick these little discs into the center of a thing all i think all canadian sports and pastimes involve moving discs into the center of spheres <laughs> uh, that's all they circles. add that's all they add yeah i don't know circles and discs that's what we got it's too cold to think about anything else let's just do it <laughs> uh but we played crokinole when i was a kid i didn't know what it was called crokinole we just called it caroms which is uh, i think a different game but and it was on the other side of the board but um we started playing that Uh, i have a friend who got really into it and i was like this is like this is like curling um 
And so seeing, it's one of those things that when you first see it, it seems ridiculous. And it seems like, I this is, what is happening here? This makes no sense. But then once you get the rules explained to you, it's so simple that it makes complete sense. And it's like watching, it's a little bit of a chess match. Um, it's so implicitly doable. Like so much of the things that we're seeing, like I was watching the Alpine, uh, like downhill super G slaloms or whatever. And it is like, I've never even want to do that. Like, it looks like every move is just killing their knees. Like, why would you do this? <laughs> and I, I if you blow it, this. you really yeah. get to die. I'm not a yeah. huge fan of skiing just in general, but I definitely wouldn't want to do any of this like that. And then watching the half pipe, which is super cool. Like the snowboard tricks, super cool. But like, I, I would never be able to do any of that. And then I, I look at curling and I think I can maybe do that. Yeah. And that's what makes it, and not like, oh, this is easy, but it seems like it's so understandable. It's so doable. It's like bowling. Like you watch bowling, you think, yeah, I could do that. Uh, not not like I couldn't bowl a 300 game, but I could right. bowl and have fun. And I could I could do curling. I know that there's a, a, a curling club actually local on Neville Island, yeah. like not far from us, but I've never gone. I, I really want to go. I, I, uh, but yeah. I would like to go because that I share that mindset. Like you watch curling yeah. and you're like, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which only suggests to me that I don't know how <laughs> difficult it really is. Like yeah, there's the level of skill that they have. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love about bowling is that even the best bowlers in the world are still bowling on the same with the same exact parameters that we are. There may be like a, a, a the lanes are like maybe better taken care of, but probably right. not definitively so. Like, they wouldn't go to a local thing and be like, oh, this is disgusting. Like, it would just be like, maybe there's too much wax or not enough wax, but which would they would sense. But they could still bowl well everywhere. Yeah. And I think that a well-maintained, like, the whole parameters of a uh, of a curling situation is probably kind of the same no matter where you go. And so the game, and and as long as the ice is maintained well, like I'm again, I'm sure that there's better ice than others, but just like hockey, like right. a hockey player would be a hockey player in the regular rink or just a a regular like local rink. Like the 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 game is the same, and like basketball, the game is the same for the pros as it is for uh, for us. And so that level, and and the other thing is just like the the people who do it, both the women and the men, are so normal looking. Yeah, and so normal acting, and having grown up in the Midwest, and uh, especially living, we lived in Wisconsin for a little bit. Uh, that Wisconsin nice and Midwest nice is so like the, they all come from like Minnesota or Wisconsin or like that area. So they have this like politeness and just relatability that is so great. And there's a um, the the one guy on on the. Uh, on the team that has like really long hair and a mustache is just uh, one of the best. Like you just want to hang out with these guys. I feel like, or, or even if you don't want to hang out with them, like you feel like they would be very nice and like fun, fun, fun people to hang around with the, both the men and the women. So, but then uh, uh, out of all that niceness comes the primal screaming of curling. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I even, I watched a match the other day between it was a uh, mixed doubles USA and Canada. Uh, and, and USA oh, was, was it was, it, it didn't go we well. Robot. Yeah, yeah, it did not go well for the home team. Uh, but the, the even, especially the the woman of the USA team, and I, I don't remember names or anything, but she would start so quiet when he was uh, brooming for her when he was you know curling. Yeah. It'd be like, now, 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 yeah. 
Now! Yeah. Now! And I, like, sitting at home, I was like, he's doing it wrong. Like, that's the only explanation is that he's, like, not hearing what she... I don't, I don't get the screaming. Like, I, I would get it if it was all from the moment the stone leaves the hand. Primal yeah. scream the whole way down the I think the some ice. of it is they... You don't get a good sense of, like, what... Where you need the rock to go uh, until it's further down the ice. And also, once you get down to the end, they're, like... 20, 30 feet away from you. Yeah. And so the whispers work when they're right beside you. And also when you're like, let's let this thing go for 20 feet before we get have a good sense of like if I'm on target or not. The thing, so the reason why it's called curling, if you didn't know this, is that they just have these giant stones, 42 pound stones that are in the shape of like a, like a checker piece, like a thick, like a hamburger. And it has a handle on top of it and they just, they push it down the ice and then they try to get it to land in, this, in the middle of this big bullseye. And whoever is closest to the bullseye gets the point. And that's how it is. You could have six of your, it's like bocce in that sense. Whoever, whichever, and people go back and forth. So it's two teams go against each other. Um, But since it's on ice, the weird thing, which is what makes this so attractive and so weird and interesting, is that once you push it, your teammates can take a broom and sweep in front of the path. They can't touch the rock. But they can sweep in front of it, and the way they sweep and how hard they sweep can determine how it's going to slide on the ice. And so if they want it to slide faster, they can sweep the, the ice in front of it so that there's nothing there impeding it. If they want it to curl, which is part of, if you notice that on the handle, they'll twist it sometimes so it spins, and that's the way they want it to curl. And if they don't twist it, they want it to go straight. But the way that they sweep, you can manipulate, you can influence the way that it, it will either veer to the left or to the right to try to get around rocks and stuff like that. And that's where both the skill of this intense brooming, which looks hilarious. Yeah. Um, and the, the strategy of like trying to navigate your stuff around things. It's very, very Tetrisy in a lot of ways. Like there's, there's a lot. It's, it's to me, incredibly compelling to watch. I've been waking up at seven uh, to watch them live the last several days. <laughs> Uh, the the U.S. they're in the round robin phase right now, as we record, and the U.S. versus Russia match was incredible. It was one yeah. of the most amazing sports <laughs> things that I've seen ever. And it was just like me and probably like twelve other people across the country just be like, oh my god! Like it was just. Uh, and also, it takes like two hours to watch the whole thing unfold. It's also, I think, what I love about the Olympics is that it's just a good vibe thing to have on in the background. Like, yeah. you can just kind of like check in with it. It's. And especially something like curling, it, it almost has the pace of like a baseball game yep. where you don't really need to sit down and intently focus on everything. You just kind of have it going. And you can, the, the even the, the tone of the players is very like, it's intense when they're doing it, but then there's a lot of strategy and then looking at stuff and kind of processing things. And I, I just, I love that kind of thing. It's, and, and part of me loves that it's also not bro-y. Like the, the, right. these haven't been, we're also right in the midst of the Super Bowl coming up and uh, just a lot, a lot of energy around a lot of most, a lot of our main sports that have this weird masculinity and war metaphors and stuff. And then you just have the Olympics, which are supposed to be about just like peace and uh, the, friendship the, and the very definition of sportsmanship. You know, like like yeah. football yeah. and hockey and those, those sports will pay lip service to sportsmanship, but the Olympics is the the actual thing. You know? Yeah. There's an interesting thing also that comes into it. So, the, I mean, there's the darker side of it with, like, should we be celebrating China at a time like this? 
uh, should we and the whole thing with the the Olympic uh, there was Olympics seven months ago because the, yeah. the 2020 Olympics got postponed and was it still okay to have the Olympics in the middle of a pandemic and on some some level you're like yes it's this hope uh, that we should have but also like we're stopping all these other things and I, I was in favor because I'm always in favor of the Olympics but uh, it, there are some problematic things that we have to recognize and particularly with the China thing that the Olympics have always been prided themselves on not being political but then the question is well is human rights political and right. uh, because there's genocide going on in China uh, with the Uyghur population uh, and it's almost like when the in some ways is this when they had the Berlin Olympics in 1936 in Germany yeah. uh, during the Nazi regime like is that is that comparable um, uh, not to say China is the, or the Nazis but it, no. like will we look back on this in retrospect and think oh yeah we shouldn't have been there that was that was bad news my, my other thing with that because like it, that all that by itself is problematic I think it was mm-hmm. was it the last Winter Olympics that were in Sochi uh, uh, two, two Olympics ago they were in uh, North Korea or South Korea last time yeah right 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 maybe let's try having the Winter Olympics someplace where there's snow like if yeah. if Beijing yeah. was a unbelievable skiers paradise yeah and, and and had incredible snow and mountains and 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 conditions for Winter Olympics okay I might hear the argument of look it's not political but we're you know trying to they had to like invent ski slopes out of yeah. nothing because there's no snow so like yeah. well and part of that speaks to how much money it costs because there was I think both Norway and Sweden were in the running or two Scandinavian states which makes sense and they've had it yeah. before but it's just so expensive that they pulled out and then it was down between Beijing and Kazakhstan and Kazakhstan which gets a lot of snow and so their their thing was uh, keeping it real basically saying if it's up between us and Beijing like Beijing does not have snow naturally we have so much snow we don't know what to do with but Beijing is a, is a more attractive thing and they put in a lot of money like it's it's just there is politics behind this in terms of a financial thing and definitely China is using this to try to if, like raise their thing in the world stake the one last thing I'll say because this is not the topic of today's no, no, today's we, episode we, this is all intro uh, folks yeah 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 the um, so uh, the the other day, uh, there was a skater named Michaela Schifrin, who was uh, one of the best, like, kind of touted as the. It was almost like Bodie Miller, if you remember that from a long time ago, where mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they were like, the, they always want to find a Mel- Michael Phelps going into the Olympics of like this person's just going to destroy everything, and the pressure that is put on these athletes is incredible. Yeah. Um, and thinking back to Simone Biles uh, at the at the last Olympics, who is by far one of the best athletes ever in the history of athletes. Like she is just amazing. And she pulled out of some of the events because of the stress yeah, and the anxiety because of what this person is told, this is all you are. And in order to succeed on that level, that's kind of like they have to dedicate their entire life to that. And there, and there's this really interesting documentary that, that, uh, Michael Phelps was in that talked about life. At, I can't remember the name of it, but it talked about life for Olympians after the Olympics and how many of them struggle with depression and, uh, suicidal ideations and things like that, or even oper- like attempts, uh, because their entire life yep. has been targeted at this one goal, which they achieve when they're like 18 right? or they don't achieve it. And now and what? And now what? Yeah. And your entire life is leading to this one thing that can be over in the matter of like 30 seconds. And 
if you if you're half a second behind three other people in the world then no one will ever you will have lost even right. though on any other good given day you could have been first unless you're racing against Usain Bolt like the one right. of those races where someone is like five lengths ahead of everybody else usually they're so close that the difference between first and fourth is a matter of inches right. and like milliseconds and yet the matter between your life's goal being achieved and your life being a complete and utter waste of time on, on a certain perspective right? Uh, is, is that one day. In a way that it's not true for professional athletes, like if you have a bad day, if you have one yeah. bad day, that could be the career, right? Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, professional athletes, everybody has a bad, like that's the whole thing is like right. uh, Babe Ruth struck out more times than he, he, he led in, in home runs, but also in strikeouts. And right. that's even the best hitters, uh, a career baseball, like hall of famer strikes out seven times or gets out seven times out of 10, uh, that a 300 hitter is a hall of famer. Um, and that is just not acceptable in the Olympics. Okay. And Michaela Schifrin again. So she's the Michael Phelps of this one. She had five races. She was doing her first two, she and people are just like she's just gonna sail through to gold like she is so much her first two she made she fell uh and she the first one she fell within the first like 12 seconds and in the it's the slalom where you go back and forth you have to hit those flags you have to like weed between the flags and so she fell which means she missed the flag and as soon as you miss a flag you're done yeah and the second one she missed like the third flag so it was like within the first five seconds of the race like they they were still talking about how great she was and not even talking about the race, and then suddenly she was out. And then she sat on the edge of the, like she just went over to the, the edge of the fence and just sat there for like 45 minutes. And they, they, they just had to start having, and like her coach went and sat by her. And like she's just sitting there like broken. And not like weeping, but just like this kind of, like the look of someone on their face that like almost got in a car accident or just like this kind of lost and I don't mean to put that on this person though I don't know and, and I don't mean to explain away her situation but it, it did put into stark um, contrast the the realities of what we put on these people to entertain us every four years yeah. and the cost of of what it takes to be this thing that she was our, she's I think 24 so at the back end of her her viability in terms of a, a, a athletic prowess like this um, and looking at having 50 or 60 more years of life like who are you especially in these in these events that don't really pay like you can't be a professional alpine speaker or a skier and make millions of billions right. of dollars like there what is the career post this and it's very interesting and very kind of sad and and and, and i don't really know what to do with it i don't really have a comment right. on it other than there's a lot all of the emotions come to fore in in the uh, in the Olympics, both the summer and the winter, and I I kind of love it. I don't love the sadness of it, but it does. We are so intent on the celebrations that we only look at someone like that when we look at the the expectations that we had for them and how they felt, and and that becomes the story of like Michaela Schifrin, what she could have been so great. Like no, that what a terrible way to be remembered. Like right. Uh, I I hope that we can celebrate the 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 spirit of this one of my favorite things about the olympics and then we'll move on to the to the actual intro um every time there's this this um this ad 
that they used to run for Visa every time during the Summer Olympics. And it's Morgan Freeman announcing it. And it was this is from like 92 or something. He's in like everything. That. Yeah. And uh, he talks about, I can't even remember the runner's name, but this is in like a like the 800 meters or something, like one of those distance runs, but like on the tracks. And he says, so-and-so didn't finish uh, first in his event. He didn't finish second. He didn't finish third. He finished dead last. But he crossed the line with his father. And it, was, and it shows that he, at the start of the race, like tore his Achilles or tore his, um, his hamstring. And, yet he, and he's a British runner. And you see him hobbling to get, like he is not quitting. And he is trying to like limp. Like if you tear your hamstring, your leg does not work. Like right. it, it is, you can't put, it is the most painful, th- one of the more painful things. And then out of the stands, you just see this, this man, this like 60 year old man who's like has a, has a gut and like just in, in his hat and just like runs onto the field or onto the track. And at first you see people trying to stop him. And then he gets to the guy and they hug. And in this like, Again, the despair. This is like the Michaela Schifrin thing, but with the happiest ending that you can get. I mean, it's not happy because he, he, he lost, but the dad like gives him this hug and then puts his arm around him and then they limp together the rest of the race and cross the finish line. And that was, that was it. And even thinking about it, like it makes me real misty. Uh, and that is what, not just the Olympic spirit, but that's the human spirit that, that we're, we lose more than we win. And rather than us sit in a, in a stadium filled with people and just watch this failure and be like, oh, that's a shame. Like, and have sympathy, which is just saying sucks to be you basically is what sympathy is. But the empathy of the father to come down and say, I will run this race with you. I will limp this race with you. We will finish this because your pain is my pain in the same way that your celebration was my celebration. And when that can happen, that to me is, is really what, what we as humans should be, what the church should be. And the church is really just an extrapolation of what we as humans should be. Um, And that's why I like the Olympics. Amen to that. Anyway, I'm Jay. (laughs) And I'm Tyler. And this is. question for you and since this is obviously not going to come out on the day that we record it right have you done wordle today as a matter of fact i told tyler at the beginning of this i could not sleep last night so at the stark hour of 2 a.m i did today's wordle oh man i have uh there are many times that i make it past midnight obviously i think probably more times than not i'm going to bed in the a.m rather than in the p.m and uh by the way let me throw this out there to annoy everyone why is 12 why is midnight not 12 p.m.? Yeah. Well, like it goes from like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m. What? Why is that not 12 p.m.? Why is noon not 12 a.m.? Why do we get? Why do we switch the a.m. p.m. but not the numbers? That'll that'll always 
I've never heard an explanation for it. It's stupid. It's dumb. Well, I, I would say we could work sense. on fixing that right after we get to the metric system in the United That's true. States. That's yeah. true. Oh, they fixed the metric system. We just say, no, thank you. Yeah. I guess Europe has fixed it by just doing a 24-hour thing. But it's also like just switch, slide the AMPM back one. It doesn't – I don't understand. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. I, I have – I have many times been up when the new one came up, but I feel like I need to sleep. Like I, yeah. I feel like the purity of it. It's a, this is a morning I, event. I I don't know what to make of this. Uh, so anyway, we should start by saying Wordle. If you're an uninitiated, because there are a few that are uninitiated, yeah, uh, is a game that <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that said that the tweet was Wordle is the sourdough of the Omicron era, <laughs> and the person that posted the tweet was like. If you saw this 10 years ago, you would have no earthly idea what was going on. No. But anyway, no. Wordle's I this do little love that people people have said that we're uh like that we're in the Wordle phase of uh-huh. of the of the pandemic, which is a great phase to be in. Oh, I'm a, I couldn't be happier. Uh so Wordle, you're trying to guess a five-letter word, you get six guesses at it. Uh mm. and then every time you guess, they will tell you each letter is either not in the word in the word but in the wrong spot or in the word and in the right spot and you work your way through six guesses fewer if you're intelligent uh, and you try and get the word uh, mm. I did very well last night on no sleep and I'm like hmm I wonder what that so says. what did you get it in so today's word was pause correct we'll, I got again we'll, we'll put it out there because you're probably gonna hear right. this weeks later yeah I spoiled one the other day unintentionally, very unintentionally. I was just trying to be funny. Uh, so when you we've when all, you finish the game, done it. Yeah. yeah, when you finish the game, you can post your score to the internet to either brag mm-hmm. or commiserate. And I mm-hmm. said the other day the word was moist. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, oh, the, the reactions from everyone on everyone who was posting, were, it was very clear that, that everybody hates that word. I didn't realize that was as hated a word for everybody as it is for me, but apparently that was all it took. Today I got it in four. Uh, so so I, I was curious if we would do this, if you had done this as well. What's your starter word? Where do you, where do you start with? Oh, my starter word. I love this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my starter word, so again, I think that your explanation was really great, uh, and and that's it. So like the the starter word is you can switch it whatever you want, but right. like a lot of people have the same thing. Um, I my start I go between one or two, but I mm-hmm. usually lean on the word reach. Okay, R E A C H, because it's got two vowels. I think the two most used vowels, so that gives you a very clear thing. R is a like I I just feel like those are all pretty high. Um, high usage were like vowels um i read somewhere that like the best one that i i i try not to read too much online about wordle because uh so before before we get too deep into it the 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 game itself and this is one of my favorite things so it's wordle w-o-r-d-l-e it was created by a guy named josh wordle Mm -hmm. w-a-r-d-l-e and he created it just for he and his partner to have fun and, right. and he he made it. The coding of it's pretty simple. He made it in October of 2021, so it is pretty much hot off the presses uh, for all of us. And uh, he, it was just for them, and then it just kind of caught on. And really, one of the things that made it catch on so well is 
what you had highlighted, the social aspect okay. of it, that we're all doing. Every day there is just one word and we all have access to the same word and you can share it. But that, and then you have to wait. Right. Like you can't just like binge it. It's like the daily crossword. And it is this kind of monoculture event to, to a certain degree um, that we're all sharing, that so many people across everything are sharing. And especially the fact that you can share it to Facebook and the, the way in which it shares it is it, uh, I think as Jay said, that when you get a letter, but it's in the wrong place, it will show up as yellow. And when you get a letter and it's in the right position, it shows up as green. And if, it, if it's wrong, it shows up as gray. And so when you share your thing, it will share the, the colors of your guess. It won't share your guesses. So it'll share like the first line is like gray, 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 yellow, gray, gray. Uh, and that, uh, that would be six letters. That's yeah, not, yeah, but, uh, but, yeah. Math is hard. <laughs> but yeah. Something like that. So you can see the process by which someone got to the answer, but you can't see what their answer is or anything like that. So that's a genius way. Like it's, the simplicity is so good, but the genius way of sharing makes it so interesting. And it's not an app. You have right. to do it online, but it works really well on the phone. It's not and an so app And so there's yet. so many people. Um, well, there are lots of fake apps. Right. But I'm worried about what the New York Times is going to do with this. Because oh, yeah. a little while ago, the New York Times bought Wordle from Mr. Wordle. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, no. No, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the New York Times bought it. Uh, and they, they said it's going to stay free, but I'm sure it's going to go on their website or in one of their apps. You know, they have oh, like a yeah. whole bunch of game apps. So the other interesting thing, uh, but before we get too far from the creation thing, so he set it up and apparently there's something like 10,000 possibilities of five-letter words. Yeah. But he selected, he, he it's already preset. There's like... 2,500 words that he did. So that'll take three years to get through the cycle. <laughs> and they're already in there. And they're already like pre-selected the way that it is. So that people, some people have cracked into the code, which is not hard to do, and gotten the list. So they know what word is coming every day, uh, which is garbage. And I, that, that ruins it. Um, and so that's why it's like, don't Google. It's like, you'll get the spoilers, actual, actual spoilers about it. But he selected specifically words that everybody should know. Yep. So it's not just like these weird like Scrabble words that you have to debate. Uh, and about a third of them, and this is what I don't like, about a third of them do use a double letter. So yeah. like the word stall or something like that, which has two L's. Um, and that always throws me off. And the fact that that's an availability, it really opens it up, which is good, but it just stresses me out that that there's a chance that there might be uh, Those a are the ones letter. I, if I, when I blow it and miss my streaks, it's almost always on a double letter word. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he created this and it got it got bigger and apparently new, so New York Times bought it and they're yeah. gonna do something with it. Yeah, they bought it and they're gonna fold it in with their like you know spelling bee and and crossword puzzles. Yeah, which I mean, frankly, New York Times is great with puzzles. So right, I I it, I just expected them to come up with their own version of it, but the fact that they bought it, I mean, kudos to that guy for yeah. making money off of this. Something but. something that I'm sure was just like a little hobby made him a couple thousand, a yeah. couple hundred thousand dollars. So. Yeah, and that's great. Like, I love that he was like, "No, it's going to be free," and that someone's like, "We would still like to pay you for it." I'm like, awesome. I hope it's more in the line of Microsoft buying Minecraft, which they've done like changes to it, but ultimately, Minecraft is effectively the same thing as what it yeah. was before. I think um, I think the New York Times gets it enough to yeah. to leave it alone, leave well enough yeah. alone. But I'm just not still like nervous. when uh, when John Krasinski sold some good news. Remember that. Remember oh, that yeah. part of the pandemic when yeah. some good news was a thing that John Krasinski just did this delightful little 
look at how we're still good people and then sold it for like a million dollars to some company that like turned it into this like just more internet trash uh yeah and then the internet all realized like i don't know that we like john krasinski all that much (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're kind of done with that let's go make some sourdough bread but it does i mean so part of what i was thinking about with wordle is that it speaks to, I mean, specifically the the New York Times stuff. Like my other favorite thing to do, which I love doing with with my kids, especially my youngest, uh, is the New York Times mini crossword. Those are uh, great because they're they're incredibly easy to do. They're incredibly or like quick to do, uh, and it's enough that um, we can do it together. And it's a good like way to build up. If you want to get into crosswords, do the mini crossword. Um, because it doesn't make you feel like an idiot. They are a little challenging, but they're not so challenging that they're overly complicated. Right. Um, and it's enough that, like, again, I do it with my nine-year-old, and he he gets with it. And then I will do, off a, like, several times a week, not every single day, I will do the actual crossword, uh, which is a different animal altogether. Uh, it's just that same thing extrapolate. It would be like if Wordle was suddenly, like, eight-letter words. Yeah, um, right. And that's... Uh, but but there's something to me about puzzle games that are um, objective in that sense. Like there is a finite answer to this that we should all know, or that that's re- the the answer to this is readily accessible knowledge. It's not some trick. It's not it's not a riddle where the whole point is wordplay or something like that. Right. That like this is what it should be, but really we're just trying to trick you into feeling dumb. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Two plus two is four. You just have to, I mean, it's what I, um, I, I was a, a history major, which essentially means I'm not very good at math. I think that that's <laughs> how it goes. Uh, and, but I love what, I, what I love about math is that math is effectively always what it is. And what I love about history is that you can keep on studying the same thing and there's always more nuance to it. That's what I love about, religions what i love about um about humans is that there is no you can't ever stop knowing about someone like there's always more to know the thing about math in general like if you get on a big enough timeline there's there's all kinds of complicated math that that you're bending and there's pi and there's um, all, all kinds of irregular numbers and and hypothetical math and stuff like that but in the basic algebra sense like there are very fixed rules and it is what it is two yeah. plus two is always four um and there's something that's very satisfying about that in a world where so much is chaotic. And especially right now, when we keep thinking that we have beaten this thing in terms of the pandemic, like we really have moved into like, oh yeah, we're all getting on. And then we're like, no, we really shouldn't. The, the numbers are bad and all that. Like, uh, It's nice to have this one thing that once a day for 10 minutes, we can do this one thing and whether we win it or lose it, we know when it ends we we get the little shot of dopamine if we win we get the little shot of uh frustration if we if we don't um and then we get to experience that just even a little bit with other people and i do like the kind of little at least on my facebook feed because that's that's like the only thing i do on facebook now is just share wordle stuff uh but this i uh, from among my friends this little kind of micro community of wordle players has arisen where there are people that I, I'm friends with and, and have been connected with, but I get deeper connections like that I that I have regular contact with on a daily basis because we all do the Wordle and then we just kind of comment on each other's Wordle. Uh, and it's it, there is a fun sense of connection that 
contrasts with some of the connection that we've lost. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see little human human connections coming through, even in simple little things like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I, and I, I, a friend of mine posted the other day, a uh, former colleague at, at Westminster, uh, she posted, and I didn't realize this, but she said, how many people are into Wordle because of Jason Fryer? Uh, <laughs> and, like, I, I think I got into it. I think it was you that started it. Like I saw the, mm. the little dots. I was like, what is this crap? And then yeah. the first time I did it, I made a total mess of it because I thought it was a crossword puzzle. So like the yeah. whole approach was wrong. And like, what? And I think it was like two or three times in, I got it. Um, but then like a whole bunch of people replied to her post of like, oh yeah, he, he started me on it. And then people were like, oh, well you started me on it. And like, yeah, there's this connectional piece to it. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You see, and that's how I, I can't remember who I saw do it, but it was something like, what is this? And then I just give it a shot. And like in every post, you can see, where do I get this app? And someone will then say, it's not an app. It's just on the internet. And when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm not doing it then. Like, that's stupid. And at first I downloaded, like I just went to the app store and downloaded Wordle, of which there are 12 there are options, which are all fake. Like they're all not the real thing. And they, it's such a simple concept that you can easily fake it, but it's it's not the same thing uh but once you do find it there is that little satisfaction of it and the fact the fact that it's just one a day the simplicity of like we're all doing the same one um really is is pretty sweet and i do love that uh there's a lot of people that could be spoiling it but we've all kind of agreed like we like this we like this thing and the people who wouldn't like it just don't do it so the people who are doing it. it i think really honor honor the community in a way i was talking with some of my folks around the church uh, right when i was first getting into it and the thing that we couldn't believe was that no one spoils it that like we have and i I truly i felt bad uh when i when i blew it for a couple people a couple people got it in one based off of my uh hint and i was like that's terrible that's the worst because the whole point of this is we're in it together no one's like running a back you know backyard wordle spoiler account or whatever like it's just we don't do that you don't it's not done yeah you don't that, do that same day the the moist day i <laughs> oh, also oh, don't say it that way yeah the, 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 the day in which we were all moist <laughs> oh, no. No. uh the the solution the day in which the solution was moist <laughs> there's, no, there's no good it's sentence no. that ends in moist yeah um but uh i also all i all i posted for that because I post my thing and I usually then put some kind of comment afterwards and I just posted that and I just said gross yep <laughs> and to which people were like thanks for the hint and I was like no that wasn't I yeah. was trying because you find that it, if you're trying to be cute about it that's a hint and especially I'm a little reticent oh what is your starter word my starter word is the word adieu adieu ah that's mm-hmm. a good one yeah lots of vowels in that one lots of vowels yeah I, I had read somewhere that scientific I started with a do and I yeah. read somewhere that scientifically later is the best starter word. And yeah. I tried that for a little while and it was later as, would be a good one. Later would be a good one. It was I do, okay. Yeah. So mine is it's reach or earth hmm. is what I do. Those two. And I've heard that soiree is a good one because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, it's S O I R E. Um, I think that that was, or that, or there was one that like scientifically was the best starter word. And it was some word like that where it like sounds like a fake word. Yeah. Um, but the, 
Yeah, Ado is a really good one. But I found, uh, and now people will know our stuff, but even just telling people your starter word uh, lets them know when they look at your thing, they can use your, if they really wanted to, they could be like, oh, well, his starter word is reach. And I can tell that he got these letters because, uh, again, you can, if you know the first word, you know what what's real and what's not based right. on your first guess. So what? Um, it, so you did today's. Mm-hmm. How, let's do play by play. How did how did it sure. go for you? So I did a do. That's the start, and I got my uh-huh. a e and u were yellowed. Yeah, my uh, so I am Mister Four out of Six. I have uh, I I keep every I didn't realize until later that like every time you refresh your your internet history, which I try to do every once in a while just just for like security. Like it's mm-hmm. I just found that it's a good thing to do. Uh, but when you do that, it takes away all your stats. I had all your, like it, it will give you at the end your stats of like how many you've done. And I'm I'm a one out of six away from hitting for the cycle. I've gotten two out of six several <laughs> times. I've gotten three out of six a few times. I've gotten a five out of six and a six out of six. Oh, nerve wracking. To since I've been doing it, I've yet to not get it. So I have not had a zero out of six day. I sure uh, have. But I haven't had a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've come really close. And boy, it, I then stop and take like 30 minutes to figure out what, what it is because I, I need to do it. But I am four out of six like all the time. So that's that's kind of my – I'm now at the point that if I can't get it in four out of six, I feel like I've lost. Yeah. Uh, so I did four out of six today. Uh, started with reach. So I got the E and the A in the wrong – again, the word was pause. Right. So I got a, a, a yellow E and A. Uh, my second guess was plead. P L E A D. Uh huh. Because I, I usually, my first two guesses are basically just letter farming, uh-huh. um, trying to go vowels and high frequency. And so I usually, in my second guess, I usually try to get a T or an S. Yep. Uh, and then whatever vowels are not used. I don't um, have a, a strong second word, but today yeah. I had that U hanging out there. Yeah. So I went with equal. Oh, yeah. That was really that, helpful because it put the U in the right place. Right in the middle, yeah, yeah. And showed me well, that Q wasn't part of the equation, that that yeah. was, yeah. Well, and my plead was one that gave me the P right away. Mm-hmm. And it lets, I mean, it's, the nice thing is that if there is a real solid strategy to it because it does let you know where, like, both what letters it can't be and where the where the letters also can't be. So I found out right away that the E and the A like have to be i knew that the e couldn't be in the second or third column i knew that the a couldn't be in the third or the fourth column so i had to move the a a is not going to be at the end right um like so the a and it's probably not it's not going to be at the beginning now because i have the p in the front so the a has to be in the second one the e is probably gonna it's not gonna be a e it's probably gonna be at the end because that's how a lot of words work i knew the r wasn't in it so the er is not there like there's there's a lot going on uh, so my third word was paste because again, trying to get that S and the T to right. really uh, th- those those are two consonants that get pretty high usage. And the S was in the right thing, the T was not, but I had the E in the right spot, so I had P A E in the all in the right spots, and I had an S, and so I know well the S has to be in the fourth spot. What else is there? Got to be pause. Yeah, I yeah, yeah that's I got extremely lucky on the on the second or my third guess was cause because I could ooh, see. Ooh. Yeah, Where a, and, a and E had very specific places, so they were either it, it was either at the second spot or at the end, and like you said, A is almost never at the end. Yeah. Um. So I just guessed cause, and at that point, I'm sitting on four out of five letters. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't hard to figure out what that what that last one was. 
Oh, it feels great. It's also one that I don't know if you and Sarah have done it like together in person. It's kind of a fun one to do in tandem. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, but not together, but like, uh, I mean, I guess you could do it together, but it's fun for you both to do it at the same time. Right. And, and not reveal your answers, but just like w- work it out like while sitting on separate sides of the couch or something like that. It, it, it actually is quite satisfying to do it that way too. It really was. One of my favorite moments lately, we had a uh, new members class at the lab a little while ago and the, the food was late. The pizza was late getting here. Um, mm. And so there was a table of us all masked and distance and whatever, but we all played Wordle at the same time <laughs> uh, just while we were waiting. And it was incredible. Just like yeah. – because and we no one said anything about what their guesses were or anything mm-hmm. like, but mm-hmm. you'd hear like, "Oh, okay, okay." So that goes like, "Oh wait, no, you don't want to do." Oh, it, like we're all just talking around it without saying anything about the game because you don't want to spoil it. But it was fun. It was a really good it moment was, of connecting. So it was very fun. Several days ago, or maybe it was a week or so ago, uh, all the Presbyterian. So so many Presbyterian pastors are getting into this. It just I think kind of speaks to. <laughs> how nerdy it is yeah well it's very nerdy but also we need little bites of like we accomplish something like that uh in a relational job it's hard to gauge we talked about this a lot that there's it's really one of the most exhausting things that that you're never done right it's like being a farmer like there's always more you you have tasks that you accomplish for the day but the stuff like it never ends um and this is a thing that that has a completion to it but the uh, a few days ago the word that everyone really struggled with was elder Uh and as presbyterians because we as presbyterians the leaders in the church we call elders um which are just people from and they get elected it's not a life i mean you you are it for life but you don't serve for life you serve through your terms and uh and it's supposed to be representative of the congregation so it's like men and women and different ages and and uh it's a really neat thing but it's a word that we think about every day as Presbyterian pastors. And so the fact that it wasn't front of mind and it took, that was a six out of six day for me. And I was so, I, I, I was so frustrated by it in a way that I threw my phone at the end. I mean, threw my phone down like on the couch, but like I, it was, it was funny, but it was so satisfying. And then seeing going online and seeing how many pastors who just like their, their comment that day wasn't really a clue, but it was like kind of, if you know, you know, where they were just like, I can't like of all the words for me not to get right. This was uh, like, I'm ashamed of myself as a pastor. And again, it was a little bit of a clue, but only if you really knew once you get the word, you understand it. There's, there's another variety I've seen in folks and I can't think of a specific word that fits this, this pattern, but where you get, you know, three or four of the letters, but there are multiple words that start with that combination of letters and to watch people like be within striking distance at guess three and then guess three, four and five are all exactly the same. Yep. Where the green yeah. spots are and the yep. and the gray spots, you can feel the frustration coming off the screen at that point. Like, what is this word? Yeah, there was one. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago where there were people who got it in three, and then there were people who got it in six, and had that exact same thing where I and I got it in six. That was one of the ones that I got in six. Where I, by the third guess, I knew based on the letters that I had, it could only really be one of these three words. So after my third guess, I had three more guesses. And I went, I can't remember. It was like leave or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I chose 
the other two options before. Like, and so by the time I got to six, I knew I had it. It wasn't stressful. It was just frustrating. It's like I picked the wrong. It could have been any of these three, and I just picked the other two first. And seeing that happen is also both frustrating and fun. And you can see again, like you said, so many people. Uh, you can just see in their guess that they it, at that point it's just random guessing. Uh, and and not strategy. That's kind of what I love about this Wordle also. It's almost like Uno in the sense that Uno is like the button masher of yeah. card games in that it's all kind of luck, but it isn't. Right. Like there's a lot of, if you play Uno with a lot of skill, it's like when you play Smash Bros with someone who knows what they're doing. Like you can play it with a five-year-old who can beat everybody because they're just like button mashing. Or you could play with like a 15-year-old who knows all of the code commands and does everything right and stuff like that. And, and yet they don't always win because enough of it is luck. Like they have a right. higher potential for win. Uh, and same thing with Uno, like you can have a strategy and you will win most of the time, but it's also in the luck of the draw and in the cards that other people play and Wordle. If you get it in the first two, that's luck. Yeah. Uh, especially if you get in the first one that like that's hundred percent luck. If you get it in the second one, that's pretty much luck. Like you just guessed the right word as the start word to give you enough or you just had a random guess in the second word and you nailed it. Um, but once you get to three, like to the third and fourth and fifth guesses, then the skill really comes in. Right. And it, it's that is, I love a game that balances luck and skill because it still makes it accessible at any given time. Button mashers can win at any given time. Anybody can win this. But if you have, if you put, a strategy around it and a skill around it, your chance of losing goes way down. And so the more, if your goal is to always win this game, I mean, that that sounded bad, but if your goal is to always get to, to get the solution, you probably can do it. You can, if you put enough, if you develop a strategy and, and put thought into it, it is a game that engages your brain. But also if you uh, don't like strategy and you just like kind of guessing, you can also win and get a similar thing. So it, it appeals to people who overthink and people who who don't who don't really care. Like it doesn't bother them if they don't win. They're just like, let's just like throw darts at the board and see what happens. Uh, and I like that because it it allows access to all sorts of people and all sorts of skill sets, which again makes the the strategy bigger. That the the truest sense of community. And events like that, I think, have access points for all different people who want to approach this thing for, for that we're all doing the same thing. Uh, it's not like some of us are playing hockey and some of us are skating and some of us are curling, but we're all on the ice. Like that, I think a lot of times that's what the church tends to be: is that we're all in the same spot, we're just doing different things in the same place, right? Uh, and yet, and therefore, we're together, and not really. Like we have the adult Bible study and the 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 youth group and the the choir are all meeting at the same time. It's like, we're a community. It's like, not, re- I mean, yes, but no, we're really just a town where all these yeah, different right. Yeah, right. things happen at the same time. Well, that's, but if I, you can find the thing where everybody is involved in the same thing on different levels, and that's kind of what, when worship is best, that's what worship is. Yeah. Um, that's when we're the church the best. And that's why I say about, you know, to, to the point of accessibility, like I am terrible at logic puzzles. Uh, mm. Sudoku, grow up. Like I can't, I, my oh, brain doesn't yeah. numbers my brain yeah, doesn't no. work like that yeah. uh and even to a lesser extent crossword puzzles like if it's not on easy mode i'm i'm pretty bad or i'm googling mm. you know every third answer wordle's accessible enough for me which means it's probably accessible enough for everybody like you mm. you can you can play 
and the unifying piece of we are all working on this one word. This is yeah. it. Everybody in the if you're playing the game today, you're working on pause. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the end, we can commiserate and like, oh, I didn't see that. You know, like we're all in it together, even in our separateness. Which again, pandemic life. That's I think that's why this is hit so right right now. Is that it is bringing us together in our separateness that we still can't, for the life of us, believe we're dealing with. You know, two and a half years in, but. It is what it's something to pull people into something without having to be together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that, I mean, to, to continue to, to steer it towards the church, like that, the simplicity of a game like Wordle, which I think is why it's worth talking about it for an hour, mm-hmm. is that it represents something that's a simple thing that we so desire and long for, which is true community, true sharing of an experience. And we can come at this experience from different ways. Some people maybe get really front, like they need it to be right. And some people just like the journey. Some people can lose half of the time and still enjoy it. Some people can get really stressed out if they don't get it by the fourth guess. Uh, but we're all, we have the same language. We have the same, uh, both the experience beforehand and the experience afterwards. Like everyone who has the guest can now talk about it and what it means to them or whatever. And I don't mean to be overselling Wordle, but again i think it's that the aspect that when we're all doing the same thing but on our own um from our own vantage point then we're truly connected in a way that's different than if we were all just playing games like we were like if you were doing a crossword and i was playing scrabble and someone else was was uh, i don't know playing super smash bros like we're all playing games, but we're not all playing the same game. We have no connection other than we all like are, are doing stuff. And, and so much of the time we try to appeal to so many different things that we, we just agree that if we're all in the same space at the same time, if we're all like under the same roof, that that's what it takes. And right. yes, that's okay. We don't always have to be doing the same thing, but we need to make space and make deliberate time for a true connection where everyone is experiencing kind of the same thing and we're all different so we experience it in different ways but we all have that common understanding and that's what i mean the the sense of the gospel is love your neighbor as yourself like if we aren't doing something that simple uh if we haven't all gotten to the word pause at the end of the day then we haven't really experienced community uh we've we've just um been in the same space and that's a very different experience and that's i think you know part of the reason it's worth talking about for this long is you know the church can do wordle like things and yeah. and by that i don't mean let's have a christian version of wordle you know someone's <laughs> thinking about it somewhere and the answer is oh, Je- the answer is jesus every single every week. time every, every time. time is jesus every time and that's the a, that's the object lesson yeah right someone out there is in this world right now someone is writing that sermon i'm oh, sure probably, of it it's also probably online right now yeah some like where where there's just a Wordle app that every time the answer is Jesus and that's their point. Yeah, yeah. That that's not what I'm saying when I say the church needs to do more Wordle-like things where we are all striving for the same goal and we make on ramps for folks that that are coming at it from a different perspective or uh, see the logic puzzle a different way or uh, it, it have different starter words or whatever. But like something that we are all striving for together in unique ways. Um, mm-hmm. 
is some of the some of the lesson I think to be taken from this. Again, especially in a pandemic where you know my church is meeting in person, a lot of churches aren't. Still, you know, like we 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 got to find ways to continue to foster that relationship even in our separateness and our isolation. Well, and especially, I mean, to absolutely the the to your point, like we need to find wordle things to do. And what is such a great phenomenon about this? And I mean, this is maybe one of those episodes that two years from now you'll be like, "Oh yeah, Wordle, I forgot about that." Like right. you'll like it'll seem so connected to right now, or maybe it's just a thing. I, I think it's probably the former rather than the latter. I think this is just a phase of the pandemic. Right. But it also speaks to what makes Wordle such a phenomenon is how simple it is, and yeah. we as humans, but especially in the church, don't trust simplicity. We only trust complexity and like contextual things, and like we, we don't, uh, we we think that things need to get complicated. And even if simplicity works, we then throw a bunch of complicated stuff on it as like the next phase. Like once you've achieved this, now we need to. Now you're on a committee, and now you're doing this. And now we we have to take how do we make that? How do we replicate that for everybody? And how do we like? And I think all of that energy is well intended. But that's how we kill something simple. As we started off this conversation, the worry is that the New York Times is going to take Wordle and turn it right. into something terrible. Right. Because that's what we as humans do. When something works, we try to make money off of it and then make <laughs> it limit the access or make it so that people want it more and more. Um, and that's just the worst. Like when something works, we should just let it work rather than how can we benefit more from this? How can And, and the church is great at destroying things like that. Hey, this thing worked. How can we do it every week? How can we take this experience and and replicate that every week? And usually that stuff happens because it wasn't designed to be like this guy made this so that he and his partner would have fun every day. Right. And then eventually people realize like, hey, I like that too. I like a thing that's unassuming and not trying to be viral, not trying to be global. Uh, and sometimes if we just do something that makes sense in the moment, it could be what we should do. And just like if three years from now you're listening and we have moved on from Wordle, it doesn't mean that we've moved on from the need from something simple that connects us, but right. that maybe well, this is what we need right now. And what we need six months from now is something completely different. And that's that's the flip side of that, right? Like the church is constantly trying to complexify things that, that yep. ought to stay simple. The other side of that is you and I are already in a place where, like, there's going to come a day where we're going to look back at this and go, Wordle, oh, right, I remember that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it will no longer be relevant in our lives and we'll move on to something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Man, if the Super Bowl isn't, wor- the S-O-U-P-E-R bowl isn't working at your church anymore, stop doing it. Like, it, it, yeah. it served a purpose at its time. Not that I'm speaking, you know, out of experience here or anything, but, like, it served a purpose for a time. Yeah. And if it stops serving that purpose don't keep going back to it right like just yeah. it, move on find something else find the next thing um yeah but but when well, we I, talked about that a little bit in the in the burnout episode about how what the pandemic has offered us is for most churches the slate has been wiped clean right. which is really really frustrating because we have to we've lost all the momentum but as we're rebuilding that stuff rebuild what you should be doing not what you were doing right. and and some of the stuff that you were be were doing you should still be doing but right. Now is the time to let go of the things that drain energy without giving it back. Right. Uh, because, it, and it's that's not a selfish thing. It's not just like everything should be fun, but everything should be something that people 
in the community have the energy to do. And if everything you're doing burns you out, then that's not sustainable. The church uses people the way that we use matches that we like that we light a fire and it's really useful for a, a little bit. And then as soon as we're done using it, it is useless after that. Like it's literally just a burnt stick. You can't reuse that stuff. And that model is so dated because it expects that there's just going to be this new influx of people that we can burn out. And then, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And, and yet there are people who love doing work. We all love to work on the things that we love working on, but not everybody loves the same stuff. So find what, find people's skills, find what they value, find what gives them, fills them up. And for some people doing, doing spreadsheets of numbers, fill them up. Awesome. That does not fill me up. I shouldn't right. be doing that. Somebody else should be doing that. They shouldn't be speaking in front of people because that drains them. Speaking in front of free people is something that I really enjoy. Like find your skill set, find what brings you life and and do that, but do that together. And that it's okay to move on. It's okay if three years, two months from now, none of, nobody's doing Wordle anymore. As long as we have found something else that connects us, as long as we have found ways in which we can know that we're in this thing together, that we... Uh, we need ways to feel connected and not in artificial ways, but in ways that are fun and, and joyful. And, uh, and the church really, like that's what we're supposed to be doing is helping each other and connecting each other yeah. to God, but also to each other. And not right. out of a sense of obligation or a sense of shared work, but also out of a sense of shared experience and life and celebration. And we, we're great at destroying that. Yeah, it's one of our best skills. All right, so here's a Twitter question for you. It's a personal question. Uh, so, you know, feel free to, if, we, if we're being too invasive, you don't need to respond. But what is your Wordle starter word? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, where do you start with it? And uh, let's share that around and see, see where everybody else is starting. I might steal... A different starter word because the do is good but it doesn't always doesn't always get me where i need to go so yeah i have i keep trying other stuff but reach or and or earth like they they really and also my brain is primed for responses to yeah. to what and I, th- I think it is good to have a different starter word yeah uh, that's i might yeah. change my starter word just based on this podcast going out into the world i don't want everybody else to know you know yeah, probably not me. Mine's still yeah. going to be Earth or Reach. That's my creature <laughs> habit. I'll probably stick with it. <laughs> yeah, hit up the Twitter, the Instagram, the all that stuff. Let us yeah. know your starter anything, word. Uh, anything to plug, Mr. Fryer? Man, not yet. I have a, I have a couple things in the pipeline that I'm, I'm working on creating. So I love stay it. tuned. Stay tuned. There's oh, new creative music. Creative Jay is my favorite Jay. There's new music in the offing. Yeah. Uh, almost up to like a, an album level uh, oh my goodness yeah yeah and mm. then there's some new mm. videos coming uh, nice, nice, nice. yeah I'm yeah. a big fan of the lab report I know that that's not really you don't make those for public consumption but they're still fun I love Man, I need to I'm gonna steal that idea I I enjoy it it, it, it it's uh, when I was at Westminster I made we Ed and I made a thing called the Jane Ed variety this show. is like a, a weekly a weekly YouTube like five minute announcement thing that yep. Jay does for his church and his church is Laboratory Presbyterian so it's just called the Lab Report which is brilliant it, it was the only available name like that was yeah. that's the only thing you call it yeah uh, oh, yeah. And, and yeah it's just it is as simple as reading the announcements but it I, I the newest iteration of it is iteration is that I don't know iteration the, iteration thank you yeah 
But that proves the point. The the new version of it is I just film every mistake and then cut around the mistakes and it yeah. it's the funniest thing to me. Like Sarah watches them every Friday. Yeah. Not because she doesn't know the announcements, but because it's just funny to watch me blow it. So tune yeah, in on I YouTube really, on, I really on Fridays. Like yeah. I need I need to start doing that because it is very fun. And as well, like if you haven't figured this out yet, teachers and preachers, the best things that we do are stolen from someone else. And yeah. It's, it's, it's communal in that sense. And that's, I mean, it's not, stolen is the wrong word because uh, we all do it from everybody else and, and, and we should share. Like that's, and even you, what you're doing, other people do that as well. So like it's it's not a brand new thing, no. but it's it's unique to your situation. And that's what's great. No. Um, I would like to plug the podcast uh the rise and fall of mars hill yes which is incredible and kind of essential for uh it's like serial like the podcast serial remember that right right uh for the church and it both explains what evangelical is if you kind of struggle to understand what that is which i feel like explaining what the phrase evangelical is is like describing the color red to a colorblind person because right. it's like I know what it is, but I can't really explain it. And even when I think about it, it's like, yeah, how do you explain this? Like, and I know what it means to me, um, but it means something very different to other people. Like, it's a phrase that I don't want to affiliate myself with, but with the definition of it is not bad. It's like communism. Like on paper, it's a, it's a good idea, but in practice, it's not really great at all. Uh, so I'd highly recommend that it's, it's like, I think 10 episodes. So it has an end, but it's real. It, It gets into the, into the, how the sausage is made. It is uncovering Mark Driscoll, who was this mega pastor in Seattle and really this meteoric rise of this church and how it, it ballooned to this thing and this catastrophic fall. It is really well produced. It's really great. The theme song is a banger. Like it is awesome. I King's Kaleidoscope. Sticks and, Sto- Sticks and Stones by uh, King's Kaleidoscope. It is wonderful. So highly plug I, King's Kaleidoscope. Uh, I would anticipate we will cover that that podcast because I think, yeah, we, I think we really should. I think everybody should listen to it. I think if you're a leader in the church, you should really listen to it. And I think yep. if you're a white guy leader in the church, yeah, you should really listen to it a lot. Because even yeah. me, like, I am not Mark Driscoll. But as I was listening to it, like, some of the more, they do a really good job diving into, like, the root problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it was enough to make me kind of go, wait, hang on. Do I do that? You know, like, yeah. yeah. It, it worth yeah. worth some self reflection there. Yeah. So we'll yeah. That's your assignment. Try to listen to that podcast, and we will dig into that in a future episode uh, after you've had some time to listen to it. It's it's a real good binger. Like it it it's well produced. It also gets at I think a lot of um, it has some really interesting things to say about deconstruction in yeah. in not negative ways, but like if you are struggling, like it basically because it's put on by Christianity today so it's put on by people within the church which is a public it's a magazine that, that comes out that's from within the church so it's not saying isn't the church terrible but it's also like really owning up to how terrible what this practice put into this church was and how this leadership was so toxic and so it it owns a lot of the problems that that is not just unique to Mark Driscoll and his church, but that is so prominent, as Jay was saying. So things that we could easily all slide into as leaders in the church, uh, and so it allows for space to for accountability and criticism of the church without having to destroy the church. 
Uh, and I think that that in and of itself is a good conversation that we can have about that podcast and probably about deconstruction, and, and which is the buzzword of the day. But I think it's an essential thing. Just a, like mindful Christianity uh, is how I would put it. So yeah, definitely recommend that. Uh, it is Oscar season. The Oscar nominations were uh, released recently, and so I'm going to try to watch all of them. I think I've watched one of them so far, so I have nine other movies to try to watch in a month. Uh, we'll see about that. I've Jimmy Kimmel. The thing called, oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel had a thing the other night that, that he was upset that Spider-Man did not get an Oscar nomination, which I agreed with in principle, but the joke that I really liked was there were 10 Best Picture nominations, and they only made like 11 movies last year. So, like, <laughs> how is it possible that Spider-Man, with with its really great movie, yeah, didn't make yeah. the cut? Yeah. The, the, I, 2021 was actually a really solid movie year. There was a ton of movies that came out uh, because it was really a lot of stuff that was held off of 2020. Right. Uh, and then we figured out how to do movies. So it's a lot of smaller movies came out. Uh, and things like that and a lot of bigger movies like Dune that were supposed to come out in 2020 came out in 2021 um, but yeah there was and then there's some stuff that just got overlooked like the tragedy of Macbeth is fantastic the French Dispatch is a really interesting movie that got nothing uh, there's just a lot of a, a lot of gaps in there and a lot of uh, really good things to see I also started doing a thing called the Unseen Film Festival which is I, I have accumulated many many movies over the course of my life and to the point where I have a lot of movies that I've intended to see but haven't seen that I would buy on sale and stuff like that. So I went through my whole movie collection and found uh, a, a, an embarrassing amount of movies that I haven't watched, uh, which is in the hundreds. And so over the course of 2022, I'm going to try to watch all of them. And so that is the Unseen Film Festival is Tyler watching all the movies that he owns that he has never seen before in their entirety. And uh, it's been pretty good. I need to pick up the pace. I need to do, I think, five movies a week in order to accomplish it within the calendar year, which I, I they'll definitely have weeks where I'll watch more. And uh, I've had some weeks where I watch less. And the hard thing is that it's whenever I, like these Oscar noms, I don't own any of them. So that, that that's on top of the Unseen Film Festival. We'll see if I accomplish it before the end of the year. But thanks. Well, everybody's got, got some homework to do then. That's Yeah, yeah. That's well, I've been Jay. And I've been Tyler. And this has been... Roughing the Pastor. Have a great, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta, friends. See you.